0: It's May 9th, 2022. This is Rook. She's a Persian girl in a mixed-race marriage and living in Ghana, and she's got some profound and personal perspectives to share. Anahita Eskandari found her love in China and ended up moving to Africa to make a life with him. Now she's started an engaging YouTube series called Ghana My New Home, in which she deals with ideas of identity and race from the view of an Iranian in Africa. She joins us from Accra, but first, he's a beloved rock musician who's about to release a brand new album next week at a major tour, and he joins us to preview and premiere his new music. Ali Azimi will be with us from London. This is Conversations from, to, and about the Iranian diaspora of Gian Gomeshi. This is Rook. Hi there! Welcome to episode 178 of Rook. I would say that in Persian, but it's a the number is getting too high for people. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sado todo hasht.
1: I knew it. I knew would come. No,
0: That's, I uh, had to think about it. Well, I'm trying to you help did. you with the numbers. <laughs> you sure do. Uh, hope you are keeping well wherever you're tuning in from around the world. Hello to you from Toronto, Canada. Aziz, Hello to you, uh, the fabulous Keon. Hi, uh, The groovy Shaya. Hi, And the Captain Reza. Hello, sir. And by the way, let, yes, me, let me give a shout out to you. You're going to gain. Yes. You're going to get about a hundred thousand followers once <laughs> I say this. Probably
1: five, but let's go. <laughs> Reza has
0: officially changed his name on Instagram and I think all your socials right that's right to Captain Reza no way <laughs> the Captain uh, hey Reza no.
2: finally I embrace
0: the yeah, Captain Reza at it. the Captain Reza I
1: accept
2: yeah. it I mean people are going to be confused when they find out he's not a real captain settle down
0: he is a captain uh, who determines what a captain is I mean let's face it it's all make believe as far uh, as <laughs> I'm no, concerned no 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 he's uh, I'll tell you're in the sky uh, <laughs> it's like being a writer you just say I'm, I'm a writer you know and he's a captain oh boy. I mean He's the captain of this ship, the good ship Rook. that's
2: right. Uh, that's
0: and right. Uh, All right, so um, Ali Azimi coming up in just a little bit, and he's going to premiere some uh, taste of his new record that comes out next week. And then uh, our feature interview today is Anahita Eskandari. Mm. Really interesting story. I started uh, watching her YouTube. Uh, she started this kind of docu-series of, of her life. Um, Iranian girl went to China to finish, to do some studying. Um, meets somebody in China, oh. a guy from Ghana, Ghana. Mm. falls in love. So they have a relationship, an Iranian girl and a Ghanaian man in uh, China. They're both students. <laughs> then uh, she goes back to Iran for a while, then goes to Ghana and uh-huh. uh, now is living there with him and they've gotten married. And they've gotten married a number of times because they had the Iranian wedding, the African, wow. the Ghanaian wedding, and then like the official wedding. And so, uh, And so she obviously has an interesting perspective on how she's perceived in Africa, how they were both perceived in China, and how he is perceived because they just went last month to Iran for Norruz. Mm. Wow. Her and her black uh, new husband. Uh, and <laughs> so the uh, and the race is relevant here because yeah, yeah, yeah. these are all racial issues in mm. terms of uh, the way Iranian attitudes are as well. So she's been talking about all of that on YouTube and in this, on this uh, series and we'll deal with her story and and I'm looking forward to having her on. From Accra, our first mm. guest who's been on live from, from Ghana, I wow. think. Wow. Right?
2: So now, Africa. now we're going to Ghana? Is this the that first guest that we have from no, Africa? No, I'm going to
0: say no.
1: Who did we have from Africa? We, have from had Africa. <laughs> no, 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 we had some
0: other people.
1: No, no, no. We had some. Dr. Abbas Milani? No. No, he no, 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 not. No, no, thank no, no, you, not. you, Captain Reza. <laughs> the
0: captain. <laughs> I don't know, maybe always he ready. Does it ever occur to you to not say something that you're thinking? You could just think something instead of saying it. Yeah, I'm thinking out He has <laughs> a disease. No, we
2: had somebody. We had Reza who actually crossed the whole. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. But he wasn't there at the time. No, no, no. He wasn't First of
0: all, I'm sure we've had somebody who was in Egypt.
1: Egypt. India. And I think I we think
0: had somebody so. in South Africa. You are
2: but incorrect. you know what I love about which,
0: this story, Which show is this again? <laughs> And why is this a question? What do you love about this story? Yeah. Is the
1: fact that it's an immigrant, non-Western immigrant story. Yes, they migrated to China. It's kind of cool. It's yes. different. I love it. Yes,
0: and and, and honestly, it is somewhat. i i obviously there are Iranians all over the mm. world, but it is somewhat anomalous yeah. mm. to find an Iranian, a young Iranian woman, making her life in Ghana in Ga- with a you know. But you, you know, know, you yes. know what's
1: gonna happen after this though every real estate agent is gonna put an ad out there. Buy real estate in Ghana, get the uh, Guyanese? No, not, not Guyanese. What is, what, what is he
2: talking so about? So yeah. oh, your It's week? not Guyana,
1: first of all. <laughs>
2: uh, thank you. I, I,
1: I, each week, I mean,
0: you know, I love the guy, but I wonder <laughs> what the contribution is, you know? You know I mean, I, there's, there's at least 8 million Iranians in the diaspora who could come on this I show. I need to
2: find out oh, what man. drugs he's on after this. I
1: was going to say, now Iranians are going to migrate to Ghana because, you know... He, ga- he
0: gained about 30 He gained of about 30 in. The Captain Reza followers And then within about a minute Lost, lost them yeah. Lost they were like oh, Maybe I won't follow him
1: Five <laughs> have stayed Out of pity <laughs> I told you um,
0: Speaking of our team Our team members We have a new team member uh, And I'm very happy to say That she's joined us Up us uh, out. A woman named Pega who will for heretofore be named Smart Pega.
2: Oh, mm-hmm.
1: Smart. Smart I'm Pega. I Reza had that one. <laughs> I, I tried. They don't work out.
0: The, no, uh, Reza, you're the only one. See, everybody has a name like Talented, Anahita, <laughs> no. Super, oh. Pre- oh. Smart. you're just oh. Captain Reza because I, just, I couldn't We had put nothing it, you know, else. Yeah. There was no... <laughs> he yeah, was trying to be There's nice. no descriptor <laughs> that worked. Yeah,
2: uh, actually, it's better than Groovy. Oh. <laughs> I,
3: I picked that Actually, one. Reza
2: started I Groovy Shining. Yeah, a lot of people actually came to me and they say, What's goofy shy? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: and it was oh, like you I'm know sorry. it's groovy, it's not goofy. Yeah,
0: Reza actually did that. Was a I very know. beginning of Rook. He started calling him a groovy yeah. Shia. So uh, yeah. So smart Pega. What I what's great about her is that she grew up like you and I, hmm. uh, Keon, in the in the West. Uh, in Canada. Um, and so she's fluent in English, and you know, uh, we don't have to explain words like we do to Reza, you know? Um <laughs> In both languages. <laughs> actually, that has he's, nothing to do with what language he's learned or he's not. not we just in have anything. to explain the words.
1: Yeah.
0: But she is fluent. You know, this is actually a reason for you and I to not like her. Okay. Fluent in Farsi, oh. fluent in Persian, can write and read
2: fully fully like, wow yeah With grew up skipping a yeah how <laughs> she,
0: she learned she just learned just, yeah I so guess. she's yeah oh, and she was like uh, president of the york student uh, Iranian club and stuff
2: She grew up in, and, in Toronto? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I grew up in Halifax. There weren't that many Persians. That's my excuse, at Halifax. least. <laughs> I thought you
1: grew up in Kuwait and Des Moines, yeah, Iowa. And then, well,
2: long story, man. You've been everywhere. I mean. Anyway, we'll go back whatever. to Pega.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah and I think she, but, uh, you know, it's also, I was thinking it's, it's, an, it's an age thing. She just, she's that, you know, even that decade- Mm. younger than me means that you can uh, and certainly if you're two or three or you're know, decades younger mm-hmm. than me like a kid now yeah. is so exposed to the Persian right. community that I wasn't in the 80s that, and 90s that, that's when I was what a kid. I to say. and but she is the same age as you so right. I don't but know but why if I,
2: that had I have grown up fully in Toronto uh, I would have been around more Persian friends yeah. and you know naturally yeah. you speak yeah. more Persian but yeah. because I didn't have that many exactly. Persian friends like I a 19 English, year
0: or old a 20 year old now mm-hmm. Persian kid in, in Toronto yeah is unless they've just renouncing their background right. tends to be quite you know, right. engaged with uh, the Persian like language. Like I
2: discovered, they have levels to Persian school in Toronto. In Halifax, it's just one Persian class, yeah. and it's like all levels. It's like there's no, you know. Just learn. So yeah, my Persian
0: class was learn English to fit in,
2: <laughs> yeah. little
0: fucker. Yeah, you, and lose your English accent yeah. too. Here I was. Oh like yeah, a, yours was I a was double. Like, Hello, sword. I've just. Yeah, I mean, I, it was just horrible. You know, <laughs> nobody. There was no Persians <laughs> around. Mm-hmm. I wrote about this in my book like there was a, mm-hmm. um, a cute girl on our street Annie you know and I, oh, uh, and oh. I, and I really didn't hear and she was like well, how come you talk like that and I was like well I, I grew up in London actually and she she was like oh well what are you why are you and I was like I'm Persian and she was like like from Paris and I was like oh. no I'm Persian and then she said oh do you eat Arab food Oh God, I just remember that <laughs> It was more. It was more just. i wondering what Arab food is. What is Arab (laughs) food? Like, what did she think Arab food? Oh, do you eat Arab food? I was like, no. So then, uh, yeah. It's funny how times. That was the beginning and end of my relationship with Annie.
2: (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, people are more open-minded now. It's insane how much oh,
0: have it was a just a, a it was a disaster. Too, it was like, a there's disaster.
1: There's Persian content out there. Iranian director wins an award. Yeah. You FaceTime Food, with people like, in Iran. Restaurants yeah, yeah, back then there was nothing. This guy shows up brown. It kid, wasn't even with that long British. ago. I mean, <laughs> I'm
0: telling <laughs> you, it was like a it was a complete wasteland. There uh-huh. was no Iranians it really was. here. No,
1: but because technology has advanced within the past like 15, 16 That's years, right. the like, migration patterns
0: and social media means that people have access to all kinds of things and god if there was a show like this i tell you i am the people wonder why i'm so passionate about this mission like a a, and it's because there was nothing like this there was nothing where i could feel like i had a an iranian community around you know Mm, there was just and and so anyway i mean great for but i I also think you know smart pega She obviously made it a priority. She was like, I want to, because even if you are around more Persian community and and stuff in the diaspora, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're learning to read and write. Mm. So so she studied um, Persian. uh, Wait,
2: question, how old was she when she came here?
0: I think she was born here or she oh, was okay. She's not in today but I'm trying to, to find I'm more here. excuses to get her, her on the show Like <laughs> yeah, yeah I let, think
1: like she's kind getting competitive Yeah I am yeah, yeah. like
0: yeah, yeah. that <laughs>
2: bitch <laughs> I'm kidding She's great Come on No 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 wonderful She's uh, great
0: uh, we're coming to you on RookMedia.com. It is there. You can link to all of our platforms. We're on an ongoing mission to build a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, CastBox. If you want to see visuals with Rooks, switch over to our YouTube channel right now or uh, Instagram, and you can find descriptions and bulletins in both Persian and English, if you prefer that, uh, on Telegram at RookMedia. If you want to become a patron, and we'd love you to become a patron of our show, to. Support us. Go to our website also, rookmedia.com, and press the support us button. Reza, what's happening with your voice? You okay?
1: I lost my voice. But it's I've been a couple
0: of weeks now. It I
1: has been. Yeah. I had a little uh, incident a little while ago. Oh. I yelled a little too loud over the phone and I think oh. I damaged it. Uh, yeah. Okay. I got to go. Fight see with some. the girlfriend. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fight for someone who owed money. Oh. <laughs> to, just oh, imagining
2: Reza like to a gangster. Else. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's always some. He's involved <laughs> in some deal okay, He has to yell at someone. <laughs>
1: it's gonna show up with no, a baseball bat. <laughs> nah, nah 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 Truth be told, it was my like a deal that I can. No, do No, what, don't worry, don't worry. No,
0: what okay. was it? Deal about what?
1: what no, was it, it was. It was a. It was a. It was a. It was a deal for a, fr- a friend of mine that had gone wrong and then hey, this guy like
2: <laughs> okay, this is who clear. even speaks
1: this <laughs> way? are you allowed to speak about this <laughs> i don't know if he wants me to talk about all it that's why right. i don't want to mention talk his about name it. but but no this much how much uh. i can say he's such a nice and genuine guy that he for the longest time he was like you know what forget about the money it's like ten thousand ten thousand dollars he was gonna let it go because like the guy was so like, you
0: were trying to get the ten thousand dollars for yeah, the guy and i did
1: right. get the ten thousand was he a persian guy Sadly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was a Persian guy who lost $10,000. He was a Persian
1: guy who lost $10,000 to another Persian guy. Mm. And then we had to talk about it. And get the money back. Hey, we took care of it.
2: But, you <laughs> know, <laughs> know, no, uh, no, You know, no. Uh, that. we no. got to do what we got to do. Listen,
1: I talked to him. I just
2: talked to him. No, I just no.
0: I took him outside for a talk,
2: you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, Reza, this you guy. Know, you
2: know, life is not a movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> I get I it. You're in the
0: this stress. I have to like, I'm for people. a very emotional person. Listen, Reza's actually a very sweet guy. I am a Because the way, I mean. Sometimes. Yeah.
2: The
0: way he carries on on this show and yeah. you know
1: I swear to God, people have this perception that I'm this such a like aggressive like you know no bullshit well, you, you, like,
0: oh, you oh. lost your voice uh, yelling at someone about uh, <laughs> that you were gonna whose legs you were gonna break <laughs> so I mean
1: what are they supposed to think you know, what did you feel about this guy like needs money for his daughter's tuition to school and like he's like no he's it's not gonna like, give it to me I'm like you know what
0: So it's like a, a, a moment out of goodfellas yeah. talking to yeah. Reza no no
1: yeah. no none of that yeah. I lost my voice singing how about that there you go there a singing go. Uh, national anthem that's right which national anthem <laughs> that's a new one
2: right. ew I know <laughs> stick to the old school
1: <laughs> oh boy
0: alright well that's uh, I'm well, sorry that you lost your voice thank and you. hopefully uh, I hope I recovered so did he get his $10,000 he got half
1: you got it he got half half but the rest he's gonna pay though He's a mm-hmm. good guy. He's
2: going to give a black eye for the no, other No, half. no, no. He's a, very, he's a
1: gentleman. He's a true gentleman. He just a misunderstanding. He's going to give it back. We're going to do business together. Why not? There was a misunderstanding. <laughs> no, nothing like that. What kind of a... What hate. are we... Wow. What's
0: happening here?
1: I have no idea.
0: Ali Azimi is waiting. Listen, we're going to get to uh, Anahita Eskandadi in Ghana in a little while, our feature interview. But first, are you guys ready for this? Shia, yes, you ready? Right. Is. is he there? All right. Uh, We want to kick off our show today with a special guest who is vying for, um, I think he's vying for most appearances on Rook ever, right? Wow. 100, 200? (laughs) How many times has he been on the show? 170 episodes. (laughs) I think he's been on four times. times. Uh, Ali Azimi a rock musician and singer. Um, He was the vocalist and songwriter of the band Radio Tehran until the early 2010s. After they disbanded, Ali embarked on a solo career and released his debut album, Mr. Mean, in 2013. He's become massively popular for his music in the uh, diaspora and back in Iran as well. And he's really, I think, at the forefront of the indie pop uh, and rock scene when it comes to the Iranian music community, a great songsmith, a great melody writer. Uh, and that's evidenced on his new record. His latest album comes out next week. It is called Kahrobaya Arazu," and he's going to be on a North American tour very soon. We'll talk about that as well. Right now, Ali Azimi joins us from London, England today. Hello, sir.
4: Hello, John. Pleasure to be on your show again.
0: It's Thank always you. so great to have you on. Congratulations on your 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 new baby, your imminent birth of the of the new baby.
4: How are you feeling? It, it, it's going to hurt. I obviously, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling very excited. Uh, these are the last moments, so we're doing the final touch-ups on the artwork and on the uh, the, the music as well. And uh, so it's it's very exciting times. I'm I'm sure once the album is released, I'm gonna feel uh, ten times better.
0: Well, it's funny you say. We make the joke about uh, it's going to hurt a bit, uh, you know, referencing a metaphorical pregnancy. But, but actually, it, it it kind of probably is on some level a little nerve wracking. Working something you've been working on for uh, this this album you've been working on for at least a year, right? So, you know, it, it it there's some there's some nerves, there's some anxiety, surely associated with with putting it out there to the public.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's been almost three years, John John, since the last album. Wow. I released the last one on the, in the uh, 2019, and this uh, we're t- 2022 now, so almost three years now that I've been working on this album, and uh, a lot of back and forth, a lot of um, you know, uh, going back on ideas and, and and you know, doubting myself, but eventually getting to the, to the point that I think I'm happy to let it go.
0: Well, I'm very excited that we're going to get to play some uh, little teasers from this record in, in just a moment, uh, the, the world premiere of some of the sounds from this record. First of all, let me just uh, deal with the title. <laughs> so what, what exactly does "Katarbay Aruzu mean?
4: So "Katarbay Aruzu has been taken from that amazing uh, piece of poetry uh, by Hushan uh, Gepta Hajj, and uh, I used a part of that poetry which was about life, and this part is about love. And it, ha- it, it uh, contains the same message that whatever uh, happens uh, in life or in the path t- uh, towards uh, love, you, you, you can't give up, basically. That's, that's the core message. And um, this, I know, I, as you know, this album, uh, I explained to you before, this album is 10 songs about moving on. So previous album, as Eshvashayet mm-hmm. Digar was uh, the first part of this story. And this album is the second part. The first part was about the beginning, the falling in love, the process of you know getting to know someone, and the breakup. And uh, this album is about uh, digesting the moving on process.
0: Mm. Ali, if this represents the second of your two albums about love, and this is this is the one about moving on, is that to suggest that uh, you you have completed that process, that you have moved on from um, whatever relationship inspired all of this material?
4: Yeah, done. I've done it many times. I've been through this. I mean, I'm 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 not exactly young, so I've been through this process over and over again. And uh, each time, it has its own joys and and pains. But you know, this, I would say this is I would I'm through uh, one of these uh, episodes in my life.
0: But you really, it, I I know I've said this to you before, but you really are romantic, aren't you? Like you're you tend to focus your writing always goes in the, in the direction of, of love and relationship in one way or another more so than you know writing something about um, necessary social or political observations or- I
4: wouldn't say that I have, I have a variety of songs which are touching on different subjects I mean more, I mean you're right uh, about 80% of my songs are about relationships or the concept of love one way or the other um i wouldn't say a concept of love it was more i mean this album was about love um metaphorically but but uh, the, the other songs that i've written are more, more focused on uh, s- certain sensations when you're in a relationship mm. and you, when you're experiencing uh, certain phases of this relationship um so uh but, but to to be honest actually my, my next project is to go away from this subject and uh <laughs> and this project is actually another double album which i will talk to you about i
0: I only meant it i meant it in a in a very fine way i i i would own i would own it if i were you you're a romantic and there's nothing wrong with that it's a uh you, you you love to you're very passionate about about love and that's that's beautiful let me Debut uh, some of these songs. I picked three songs. They actually happen to be the first three songs on the record. Which I and I I, I told you this offline, but I I really think you've done great work here, man. This is a really really uh, great record for you. I, I think and and the, the the melodic work, the the instrumentation, the production, everything about it. Um, I I listened to it once and I could already sing back some of these songs, including the sort of raw Sing along a chorus of the end of this first song. The song is called Azin In Shahe." Uh, do you want to say anything about this before we play a taste of it?
4: Uh, it's the song is called Azin In Shahe B'in Shahe." It's rather a long title for a song, which I really like. It's annoying, guy I like it. Uh, so this is this is the intro of the album. This is about a uh, guy in his forties. I think it, it's a good um, opening to the whole uh, c- the concept of the album. So he kind of explains his kind of mindset the the way he feels about uh this whole mental kind of um, place that he is in uh in, in his uh, this phase of relationship so um i i, I, I chose this song to be the, the beginning of the album and uh, I, I kept it very uh, minimal and very acoustic what's the full title azin shaxe what be unchahe azin shaxe be unchahe paridan is uh, saying in farsi and refers to people who, can, who can't really decide. They're I got always it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah, yeah. uh, branches. Uh, so I don't know how you. you so here other. we
0: go. The 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 world premiere of um, of uh, the Ali's intro song of the new record. Kahrobaya orezu. Azin shakh Beun un Take it away, Shaya.
4: Azin shakh be un parida. I'm
0: refrain from the end of the song I said we don't we're only to play taste of these teasers of them I feel uh I really wish we could play I want to play the whole song but I want you to wait I guess to the the record comes out to for people to hear the whole thing um I love that Ali that's a great great refrain at the end there that's the one I was first time hearing it I was singing it back right afterwards
4: thank you so much I really appreciate that I mean coming from you uh, a guy who I really relate to in terms of music um what do you call the taste music taste I uh, really appreciate that comment.
0: There's something that you do that that um, really works for me, uh, which is, and I think for probably a lot of people who are like me, who who um, have one foot in the West, one foot uh, um, in, in, in tied to Iran, but but musically, um, w- you know, this this feels like Western indie rock or indie pop that I really relate to and that I love um with with Persian poetry and lyrics and singing over top of it which is kind of one of the one of the ways you've defined what you do um is it is it a challenge sometimes to to do that in the sense that do, do you actually are there moments where you go Uh, Is this allowed? Am I allowed to kind of play a, you know, a Western melody rock groove and and do this over top of it? Um, Do you ever get pushback from somebody saying uh, that doesn't make sense to me? Why don't you do something that sounds more irri?
4: First of all, I don't really care about what people say anymore about what I do, to be honest, Uh, I just do it for myself these days. And um, I'm really proud to say that. Um, And secondly, um, it comes naturally to me john because as a child i used to listen to western music i was naturally drawn to very few iranian artists like farmazastani farhad faridun farouqi and now I, I wouldn't really listen to any other type of iranian music apart from certain traditional uh, kind of music which was played in my house uh, my parents used to listen to so uh, and I, I also my father used to play the setar in the, in the house and he would uh, kind of um, to sing along some melodies. So my the eastern melodies have also kind of been uh, inside my, the back of my my mind, the back in in the background of my musical taste. So th- this really came naturally to me. Putting Iranian melodies uh, over like Western kind of framework of music, uh, it's been something that came to me completely naturally.
0: You're not self conscious about it at all when you're when you're writing it when you're making it. That's nice. No. This this next song um Rosva uh, I, I have a, an attachment to this song because we were shooting a travel series in London last fall which actually is going to come out uh, soon and there's a little clip in it of, of you and I you took me to the place where you get your guitars made or tuned or bought or fixed uh, a great little spot and um, I don't know if you remember you were jamming and you, you were singing me this a bit of this song um, which again has a really really memorable melody uh, do you want to tell us anything about this before we play a taste of Rosva?
4: Sure. So actually, that's one of my favorite songs of the album, if not the favorite uh, songs in the album. And the concept of this song is: this is a tribute to the exes who mattered. That's all I can say.
0: A tribute to the exes who matter. Is that to suggest there's some exes who don't matter?
4: Of course, there's always exes who don't.
0: <laughs> Let's play a little Let's, bit of this. This is from Ali Azimi's brand new record coming out at the end of this week, and the song Rosfa. سنگم
4: همین شعر وزن ویروس
0: from the brand new record Catrubea Orozu that's Ali Azimi and the song Rosva um I love the hand claps of course I love the hand claps are they please tell me that it was it was a group of people in the room and not just you doubling and tripling and quadrupling your own hand
4: claps it uh, you got it right actually it was me and Payman Salimi the pre- producer uh, of the album also my close uh, friend uh who uh <laughs> we recorded this the, the clappings in in my in in this very room that I'm giving the interview in, and um, so uh, we actually it was two of us only, and we kept clapping a couple of times and I recorded over over and over. Another thing I wanted to quickly mention about this song is, is it, it, it the chorus goes, Junam mm. um, yeah, It means like. Um, although my as a as a kind of a old guy who hasn't who hasn't settled yet uh, in re- relationships, I mean, I mean, at the time of this record, at least, <laughs> <laughs> you have to be uh, careful here. I, yeah, I, I had to I had to add that <laughs> line, and um, so so I kind of making fun of myself and also give, giving tribute to the exes, uh, and say although my car name is Sia, you know, I have a black. Uh, resume, uh, uh, but at least it, 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 that black resume has stars uh, referring to the exes who matter.
0: Do do any of the exes ever come and talk to you after you release these songs? I hope not. <laughs> you're, I mean, this is the <laughs> the Taylor Swift thing, right, where she you know writes songs about her ex boyfriends, and you're 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 you know doing the inverse. Um, it's very interesting and very sensitively said there, because I, uh, I know that you're you currently. Um, uh, well, you have a paramour that um, is exciting for you. There's a song called um, Habi Nalon that, um, you know, I'm going to guess, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to guess that this is your favorite song on the record. Habi Nalon.
4: This will, I have a feeling that this will be the hit song, the, the, the biggest song in the album. Why do you think uh, that? Because we played it for the first time ever, we played it in Amsterdam. Uh, so we had a show, and we, I decided to to end the whole set with a song, just to see how the audience will react to it. And we had uh, five minutes of people uh, standing ovation kind of thing, and, and they were singing this, this chorus back to us. Mm. And we were amazed by it. So they learned it and s- started singing with us immediately. And that shows that it's probably going to do okay.
0: And um, Hamidallah means you know, right now. Um, is there anything you want to say to set this clip up?
4: Uh, this this song is about, again is I, I I love the subject of this song. It says when you're going down the path of giving it all in a relationship, when you get screwed, you don't have you you cannot complain. Complaining is not allowed. Hmm. So, when you give it all, you, you should sh- shut your mouth and not complain. I got you. you. Know? I got you. Yeah. A little taste of
0: Hamina Lon Ali Azimi from his brand new record. All the
2: days <laughs> that
4: I've eaten, all the days that I've died, All the songs and I've made against my heart, This is the heart of شاید کردم اشتباهی این همه خاری و تباهی نبود حقم نبود حقم اما کونه رقم
2: کونه رقم چون من
1: تو رو میکن و همین الان فرد
4: رو بشه
0: you write that song on piano
4: right I, I wrote that on the piano and, uh, and it happened in, 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 a, in a in couple of hours I wrote it straight in a couple of hours because the idea came to my head and then it was an easy ride afterwards all right
0: I'm, I'm excited for you with this record and I'm also excited because you're uh you're doing this tour that brings you to North America. It's like 11 or 12 dates in North America. And, you know, I was reflecting on the fact that the first interview we did for Rook was almost exactly two years ago. And it was colored by, you know, we were in global lockdown at that point. And, and it, it, COVID had particularly hit the UK really badly, and you had gotten COVID very early on. You uh, you talked about it in that interview. And so it was a moment of great frustration. You were isolated. You couldn't play gigs. Um, so here we are. It's two years later, and you've got this tour lined up. It kicks off actually in Toronto June 3rd, and then you're Montreal June 4th, Ottawa June 5th. You go all the way out to the west, uh, Calgary, Vancouver, down to San Francisco, L.A. It ends off in New York and, and D.C., um you must be excited to be able to get out and do this tour again
4: i'm over the moon as i'm over the moon and i can't wait to be on stage again with my amazing band i mean i have a i have a, a all-star band we are very excited and we are going to uh be on stage again doing many shows back to back and that feeling is uh second to none i mean i can't wait for it to start
0: it really is an all-star band you, you, you want to tell us a couple of the people who are going to be on stage with you
4: Oh, yes. Um, so on drums, we're going to have Yahya Al-Khansa, the legendary Yahya Al-Khansa. Yeah. Um, and uh, Payman Salimi, uh, a great uh, single songwriter, uh, which I hope you bring to your show to interview him. He's a, he's a great talent. He's going to be on the guitar and he's going, to, he's going to have a surprise for us before all the shows. He's going to open the show with his new songs as well. Nice. So we have an opening with Payman Salimi. On the bass, we have a protégé. Um, Arin Kishishi is one of the youngest and most uh, amazing bass players in Iran, in my opinion, right now. And um, and uh, last but not least is Ali Bros on the keyboard, who's been uh, doing shows with me for many years now.
0: I don't know. I didn't take a good look at all the venues and all, all the dates, but I know that. Um for, for people who are listening in the greater Toronto area or who want to come to our great city uh, on uh, June 3rd, uh, you're playing a place called the Opera House, which I've played gigs there a, f- a few times in the past. And it is just such a great venue, both to play at and to attend, for people to, to go and, and see a show there. If you're in the Toronto area, you really this is your chance to see Allie in a, in a really, really great venue. Uh, I think it's gonna be a great, great place to kick off your tour.
4: Beautiful. I can't wait, man. I can't wait to be there. And I hope uh, there's going to be a good turnout. I mean, I hope uh, people in Toronto and uh, nearby cities uh, would uh, be informed about this show, because as you know, I'm doing this completely independently. This show is is basically it doesn't have any um, anyone else apart from my, myself and my own band uh, promoting it right now. And uh, I, I'm really counting on every real fan, every friend to uh, spread the word and let uh, let other people know about this uh, series of concerts, and because um, re- I we as Iranians as as independent musicians we don't really have many platforms for. Uh, to, for, to promote the uh, concerts and shows and that's a big problem for independent musicians
0: right on man and that's what uh, I hope we, we're doing right now here too because uh, and, and I mentioned Toronto but there are people you know our audiences in all the cities that you're going to so if you're in Vancouver if you're in Calgary if you're in San Francisco if you're in DC New, New York uh, LA um, all, all any of these places uh, Montreal Ottawa um, do check out Ali's tour I guess aliazimi.com would be a place to see the, the, the tour dates Ali John uh, uh, always a pleasure.
4: AliAzimiMusic.com
0: ah, AliAzimiMusic.com There you go. Uh, my, my my bad. Uh, it, it's great. It's always great to talk to you. I'm so looking forward to seeing this tour. Congratulations on the record. And um, I can't wait for everybody to hear these songs.
4: Thank you, John John. It was great talking to you as always. And I can't wait to see you in Toronto. Take care yourself, brother. Thank you.
0: Cheers. There he is, Ali Azimi, the great singer, songwriter, rock musician, the new album, Kahrabaye, Auto Zoo comes out next week uh may 18th to be sure ali joined us from london there and um north american dates coming up june 3rd to the end of june uh all over north america check that out it's what was it aliazimimusic.com um, I
4: can't wait to see his show yeah, yeah he uh,
0: he does have a good band. Oh yeah, yeah on oh, drums. Oh, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Arin Kishishi. actually, he's my favorite bass player.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a good band. Their yeah. their tour dates are pretty tight, huh? I wish we could have brought him to the studio. Yeah, a bit of a nice. Yeah. Album Although he kicks it off Portland.
0: in Toronto, but you know we wanted to get a, get him on before the album mm. comes out, so. Um, how do you like the new music?
1: I love it. It's
2: cool vibe. Really yeah, cool, it's huh? Very cool. It's not like the usual Persian music that I have around the house. I think <laughs> Ali,
1: yeah. Ali's style has always been like is always unique and different, but this yeah. one got a, a bit of a more western vibe to it than um, I don't know. I didn't get a Persian song vibe. Right. No, I was going to say it's
2: not, not yeah. like your typical Persian. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No. yeah, yeah but, exactly. uh, you know, that's Which as, is as why he I says. Like it. <laughs> he, yeah, me too. I mean, he says he grew up listening yeah. to Western music. And so, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, no, it does resonate. Um, cool. And the songs, uh, his second album based on love and relationships mm-hmm. in a row. So, uh, and that dovetails with our next guest. That's right. Um, so we will get to it. I know, I know we have a number of letters. And some letters about Captain Behnom. Last
2: yeah, Captain week, right? Behnom. Definitely not Captain Reza. <laughs> <laughs> None about Captain We're going to get some
0: letters about Captain Reza as, as well. We right started,
1: now, yeah. that I embrace <laughs> the title, week. Captain. <laughs> Come on, baby. Um, we'll
0: get to the letters of the week coming up. Let's get to our featured guests, stick around, Cap the Captain Reza, and uh, Fabulous Keon. You know, we all know there is a vibrant Iranian diaspora that's been growing rapidly in different parts of the world, especially in the last 40 years. And people often migrate from Iran for a combination of reasons such as freedom, search for a better life, education, better economic opportunities. So they end up in Australia, Germany, England, or say here in Canada. But how about the story of a Persian girl who moved to China in her early 20s to pursue her studies, ended up meeting her life partner there who happens to be from Ghana, and that Persian woman has now chosen to make Ghana her home where she has now married that charming lad she met in China. Anahita Eskandadi is the director of a new YouTube series called Ghana, My New Home, and other documentaries in which she shares her story and the tales of others from the perspective of an Iranian living in Africa. And right now, Anahita Eskandadi joins me from Accra, Ghana, today. Hello.
3: Hi. Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for doing this. I'm excited to speak to someone in Ghana. Everything I've ever heard yeah. from Ghana suggests that it's a very beautiful place.
3: Yeah, it's very green, very warm. <laughs> it's a nice place to
0: live in. It's always very warm, right?
3: Yes, all <laughs> the time.
0: <laughs> so, I want to get into your story, Anahita, your recent trip to Iran with your new Ghanaian husband and what you've learned about perceptions and race in as much as the way people see Iranians and the way Iranians see others. But uh, let me start with some congratulations because um, this has been... From what i understand quite a couple of months for you you got married and then you quit your job this week to focus on your youtube channel and your documentaries and then you have another wedding tomorrow how many weddings does a girl need
3: yeah i know i think we already had like this would be our fourth wedding (laughs) because like the first time we went to the court we signed then we had to go to the embassy and sign and then we had to go to iran and throw a wedding there and we had to do another one here so it's been the fourth Like this is the fourth one and I'm really excited because you know, like every
0: girl's fantasy, and I get to have four of that. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a second, I missed one of them. So there's the there's the official registering, okay? And then you had a yes, you yes. had a, I guess a Persian wedding in Iran last month yes. or something, and then you uh, and then you had just a regular wedding in Ghana or or, or more non-denominational. No, no, we
3: will have tomorrow you will. That's a t- traditional Ghanaian
0: wedding. Okay, what's the fourth one?
3: That's the fourth one. Oh, no, the, the sec- you missed You missed the second one. What was the so second? we had to register our marriage in uh-huh. the embassy as well. That's one. So that we really... <laughs> and then I? you have to go to the... Oh, gosh, okay, those
0: two, cheese, those, yeah. th- those are two. I see, I see, I see. And okay. then to- what? what is the traditional Ghanaian wedding like?
3: Uh, so there's a lot of dancing, there's a lot of singing, a lot of prayer. So it's quite different. I, I see.
0: Say. Praying to yeah, praying sense. that you're a good person that that this uh, poor lad is, is marrying.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, like <laughs> praying that everything goes well, that like you have plenty, like a lot of children. That's the you know main prayer in Ghana.
0: Beautiful. And is there are they big weddings? Is it gonna be a big wedding tomorrow?
3: Uh, so we initially planned a really small thing. But Ghanaians are a lot like Iranians. And so it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And now we have like 100 guests
2: coming. But wow. Yeah.
3: Right. So we are trying to keep it low-key.
0: Well, like I say, I want to get into the perceptions of of, of 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 Jude, who's your husband, especially when you guys went to Iran, which you've started doing this doc series on, and, uh, and the perceptions of you from uh, people in Ghana. But l- let's take a couple of steps back and tell me about how you got here. So growing up in iran in tehran Mm -hmm. uh, i mean did you fantasize about living in other parts of the world or or did you think that this was going to be your fate or did you expect that you were going to stay in iran
3: Uh, i always knew i would leave iran like from an early like maybe i was five six i always knew mainly because my dad himself used to live abroad and come back to iran later so i always thought I would also go abroad get the experience and come and do something in iran i never felt like i would leave leave it was more like i want to get experience and use it in iran and help others Um, so i always knew and at some point i started learning french because i really wanted to go to france and uh i mean china happened (laughs) and i forgot all the french now (laughs) and everything is now switched to chinese
0: And your dad worked in media, right? He was in television and radio. What did he do?
3: Yeah, so he was a TV producer, radio host, TV host, writer. He was doing a lot of things, but it was all media related. Yeah, and he got that experience in France, and then he came back to Iran and applied it. So
0: your sense was that you would travel, but it sounds like you thought that you would always ultimately end up in Iran, right?
3: Yeah, I don't know. Up to now, I have that feeling that one day I will go. I don't know. Some people, like, they just migrate to go forever. But for me, it has always been, like, I want to go back and I want to do something in Iran that is not there.
0: You know that's a know. that's a um, people often. I mean that that there's a term that uh, that exists for that called an exilic mindset, where you think. I mean, it's often for people who are literally in exile, haven't chosen to leave Iran, but are are living mm-hmm. somewhere, hoping that one day they'll return. But part of the downside of that is, um, at least ostensibly, is that you're not. You're not um, fully committing yourself, throwing yourself into integrating into the the current place that you live. So people who have this kind of mindset in in Canada, say, you know, uh, that we're going to return to Iran at some point, end up just squatting here, sort of uh, staying within the community and not really making the inroads socially, economically, politically uh, that they would if they really, really were embracing the new country. Um, do you feel that way? Do you feel like you've got one foot in Ghana that you're just experiencing things? Or or do you feel like you fully um, are immersing yourself as a Ghanaian person?
3: Mm, I think for me it's the opposite because I know as long as I'm here or elsewhere, I have to get all the information I can. I have to relate as much as I can with the people because that's the only time I have to integrate. Once I leave, I don't have that opportunity again. So for me it's the opposite i feel like if i felt like ghana is going to be my permanent home i'm never going to ever live elsewhere i will always be like okay i have time to try this Mm. there will be a time to try another thing but for me i feel like i'm in such a rush to learn everything to integrate as much as i can Mm. to because my time is limited that's how i see it
0: so, let me, let me get into your story. And uh, I'm going to be asking you questions about race and perception, and I want, um, folks watching and listening to us to know that I'm not just randomly asking these quite you know just because you're in a mixed relationship I'm not sort of focusing on race it is something that you talk about and that you make your mission to educate people about or or at least tell your story about so that this is part of the reason I want to ask you these questions because you're a great resource so first of all you were 22 you were quite young when you went to China um, and you were studying there. What were your impressions? How difficult was it for you to be an Iranian girl who picked up and left Iran to go, I'm presuming by yourself, uh, to study in China?
3: Uh, I think for me it was like I didn't know what's the difference between an Iranian and, let's say, an American. In my mind, like everybody, all the foreigners in Iran were like the Kharaji. And then we were the Iranians. <laughs> but once I moved to China, I felt like what it means to be Iranian. I never felt like, before going to China, I always felt like, everybody in the world knows how great Persians are. And like, they know everything about our history. I just have to say, I'm Persian and everybody would be amazed. <laughs> and I got there, I would say I'm Persian and they would be like, what, what? And I would say, I'm Iranian. And they were like, ah, you have fight, right? You war, we have a war. <laughs> and I'm like, Wow, I had no idea people see us like that. Were you in Beijing? Uh, No, 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 I was in a really small city. It's called Zhengzhou. Um, It's the central province of uh, it's located in central province of China. Um, It's called Henan Henan province. Yeah, so um, and also a lot of problems was also where I was living because um, it wasn't having as much foreigners living there as in Beijing or Shanghai. So it was new to people, but at the same time, I was getting that reaction from my schoolmates who were from other parts of the world. And like I was studying in a in a university that had a lot of American students and it was mainly from them. And I was like, wow, all these Iranians living in US, how come they have these questions from me? Mm. So it was first time that I got conscious of what it is to be Iranian, what is the perception of others when once they hear you're Iranian. Uh, Like a lot of times Chinese people would invite me for dinner and then when I get there they would be like oh yeah we ordered halal food for you because we know you're Iranian and I'm like I never I never told you and you know like you know how how. But um also another thing that I was not really conscious about was my skin color because you know, in Iran, we call, like, we have different types of people. And for me, they call me pzabze, right? which at least to my understanding before leaving for China, it wasn't a negative thing. I always felt like, okay, like, it's like I have black hair. I'm sabze, mm-hmm. right? But once I got to China, it was like pointed out a lot. Sabzeh, I should mean, I
0: should note that in for those who don't speak Persian, it's sort of brownish mean, meaning your skin is uh, has a tan has a has a bit of color.
3: Yeah, so I I don't know maybe it was also my family because later on I I saw other friends in China who were brown like me and their families were not really appreciating that about mm. them. and I feel like I had that privilege to be born in a family that didn't see that to be an issue and they never made
0: me feel that way yeah there's de- i mean there's definitely you know status and class uh elements of iran based on race and uh, color you know even even amongst iranians as we know unfortunately i i really appreciate and love this notion that um you you know i think uh, dr farzan Emilani said this on our show uh A year or two ago that she when she moved to America it's when she really found out what it was to be Iranian Uh, and this idea that you went somewhere and learned about yourself um, because you're seeing yourself in a different context that said uh, a small town in the middle of China, I'm guessing that there's not a huge Persian community there. There's, there's no local Kababi that you can go and hang no. on, <laughs> hang out at. So how, yeah. how difficult was that for you? I mean, a, 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 a girl, a woman in her early 20s who I'm assuming hadn't really left Iran before. Did you, yeah. in the first few weeks, did you think I'm going to pick up and go home, this, forget this? Or um, h- how, how, how challenging was it?
3: I think the first days were, was really difficult. I was always thinking like, do I fit in this place? Can I adopt? And um, as you said, there, there was no Iranian at the time living in that city. So it was really, really difficult to just be one person. So when you say I'm Iranian, I was always having this idea that if I do anything wrong, everybody will think Iranians are like that. So I always have to, you know, make sure that I represent uh, Iranians in a good way. But also, uh, after a while, it gave me a good feeling because I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I have no Iranians around to tell me, oh, Iranians don't do this. Or as an Iranian girl, you shouldn't do it. You were, so you were defining
0: what an Iranian is for everybody. around. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
3: yeah. So yeah. I could say, yes, in Iran, I don't know, we eat tiger. And who would believe that? You know, <laughs> who would not say you're lying? It was so fun at some point. And I wasn't young, too. So I was making it fun for myself you know but i felt a sense of freedom and it helped me to really understand what it is to be iranian what makes me different from others without having any iranian around me because later on um a lot of iranian students started coming to my university and then i saw the difference that wow like we are really different you know from the chinese i well, mean in that
0: case. and just i mean i was going to ask you about this later but while we're parked here on this you making that point what's an example of something that you learned about how iranians are different from the chinese say when 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 this revelation happened as you were different from those around you
3: i think the com- i, I felt like i'm more complicated that i hide my feelings a lot if i'm overexcited excited about something i have to calm myself down and don't act like I'm too excited or like I always felt like there is this thing or maybe it was just my understanding. I'm not saying that's an Iranian thing, but I felt like when I moved there and I there was no tarot, you know, (laughs) I could just say what I'm thinking without having to, you know, respect all the rules that we have made in Mm. our society. That gave me a sense of freedom. But later on, I'm not saying that it was always a good thing because after like three four years it got kind of annoying that you having to explain yourself to people all the time but at first it was really fun
0: but it sounds like you're saying uh if i were to distill what you just said into it or it may be a little reductive but it sounds like you're saying uh iranians feel inhibited or uh, do not feel liberated to even in our personal spaces to say what we think to each other is that what you what you're getting at
3: i think i think that's what i felt yeah
0: that's probably time, not yeah. untrue and, and what what about um what were your impressions of how chinese people would see you
3: uh <laughs> the more i learned the language the more i realized what they think of me because at first when i didn't know the language it was easier but as As I learned the language and I, and they didn't know I can speak Chinese, but I could speak Chinese and I could understand everything. And like the comments that when I passed somewhere, I would hear people saying about me, it wasn't always sweet, I can say, especially if they find out I'm Iranian.
0: So what would they say?
3: Like Iran is not a safe place. Like, wow, she should be so happy that she's in, in China because China is so developed. I'm sorry, Uh, or like, um, how does it feel to be here? Are you happy? Are you free now? And in my mind, I was like, you're talking about China, right? Like, you guys are, you know, like, you're not having full freedom. So why are you so confident about that? You know? You, so I would hear such comments. And
0: Hita, you talked to, or you intimated a moment ago about the, the impressions that, the stereotypes that Americans have, the those American kids that were also in the school with you and stuff. Um, was it your sense that the Chinese people know more about Iran based on the proximity or the and the trade and all that these days? Or, or was it the no. same misconceptions basically wherever you've gone?
3: I think it was even worse because they were only believing what their government was saying about Iran. So at, at some point, I remember during uh, the deal Iran had with the U.S., if they were signing the deal. And I think Chinese government was not really happy about it. So during that time, when I was going out and I was speaking with Chinese, it was always a negative thing about Iran. Huh. So like a lot of people were like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. Like they would just tell me, oh, you're Iranian. I don't want to talk to you. Or like, oh, you Iranians are not nice people. You have a lot of war. But then, when the deal was broken, the whole thing changed. People would reach out to me, yeah, China and Iran, their best friend. Um, yeah, I like Iran. Iran is so strong. You guys stand against U.S. <laughs> so the ideas people had was mainly what the government was telling them.
0: Are you saying that they would literally say to you, I mean, when you said a moment ago that they would say, you're Iranian, I don't want to talk to you, they would literally actually say that?
3: Yeah, like joking. No, jokingly, uh-huh, but uh-huh, jokingly. I-, I knew like a part of the joke was real, or like a lot of time they wouldn't continue the conversation. They would just like we are, let's say, in a party or we're somewhere, and the mom and I say I'm, I'm Iranian. They would just move to another person. And like, by the way, you okay.
0: were st- you were studying design, right?
3: Yes, yes, art.
0: And so. While this is all happening, your integration into China in a small town in the middle of Henan province in, in in China and uh, well, a smaller city, I should say. Uh, there's no real small towns, is there, in China? China. It was huge. So I'm just yeah, saying yeah, small yeah, towns. C- in compared to like, like you know? Shanghai. Yeah, Yeah. It's and huge. And, uh, and you're studying. And in the meantime, you, you meet... Uh, uh, well, I guess the love of your life. You you meet no. Jude, uh, who was I'm guessing also studying in China. Is that what he was doing there? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. he was studying uh, uh, petrol petrol. I'm sorry, I cannot say it in English, but yes, uh, engineering. Say he it in Persian. مهندسی Naft.
0: Uh huh. O- oil <laughs> engineering. Okay. And so and and, and and how did you guys meet?
3: Uh, <laughs> oh, we met at a party. Yeah, where it was my best friend's birthday party. Okay. And it was my one of my first times out in China, you know. Uh, and I met him that night, we talked, and then it just grew.
0: So this is early on in your time in China, in your years yeah, in Yeah, I was
3: there maybe like two months.
0: Wow, all right. And so, <laughs> and did you, when uh, the Sparks flew, the, I mean, did you guys like each other from the beginning?
3: I think so. I think both of us we just wanted to try. To me, he was kind of like really like I never had an idea of an African man like how how they are, what's the culture mm-hmm. like? What can I talk to him about? And I think for him it was also the same. Like he's never met Iranians before. So right. right. That was a Now so
0: you got now so Jude is black. He's a, a black man from Ghana and you're a um, a, a, a woman, a Sabze woman from <laughs> <Stopped>. <laughs> Iran and you're in China together. So once you guys started dating, how did people react to you there?
3: Um, I would hear the most comments from my classmates. They would make comments like, oh, but why wouldn't you date Chinese men? And I would be like, I don't know, because I'm dating him. And they'll be like, oh, but have you thought of your kids in future? Like, this comment was the most (laughs) used comment Mm. around us. Or, like, sometimes I would see that my Chinese friends don't want to meet with him. So, like, they would want me to go out alone with them instead of bringing my boyfriend at the time along. Wow.
0: Um,
3: Yeah, like, it wasn't direct, but I could feel it. And from the beginning
0: as you guys started to get more and more um serious or or you know the the relationship grew what was your own relationship with with uh um, da- dating a, a a Ghanaian man i mean was it uh, did it just feel natural to you was it ever a question in your mind or did you think about what your par- your family's going to think or or say um what mm-hmm. h- how did it feel for you
3: I think, um, as I said, I was privileged that my family didn't really care about colors. So it wasn't just in words. It, they never made any comments about uh, his color or why would we date an African man. The only thing they were concerned at the time was that it shouldn't affect my studies because I went there to study. And um, that was the only comment. Mm. But um, as, as the relationship grew, to be honest, I never saw his color, like, I don't know if because they say you shouldn't say that, but it was real. Like, I don't hmm. think he looks at me and he says, Oh, I'm seeing uh, sub the Iranian woman, he right. just sees Anna. Right. And I see Jews. that's all I see. So that I wouldn't remember the race thing until others would point out at it. So and, it and I, I would say I wouldn't face it only from um, the Chinese community. Sometimes I would feel it from the African community like sometimes they would question him like why would you date a white woman they would Mm -hmm. say it like that uh when there are all these black girls around you Mm. and it was of course it's not a pleasant thing to hear but it was coming from all the (laughs) ways like you know Mm -hmm. it's attacking you from each side
4: well
0: you 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 make a pretty bold move which is um your studies wrap up in china and i think there's a there's an interim moment where you go to back to iran for a few months or something but basically he invites you jude invites you to come live in ghana or that opportunity comes up and 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 you take the opportunity tell me about the decision to i mean as i said in the introduction i mean I, i i i'm not i don't want to say all these things as if it's crazy that somebody's living in ghana but it is an interesting journey for Um, in Iranian just because even doing this show we see our analytics and we see who's listening to us and we know exactly where the pockets of Iranians are around the world and Mm -hmm. and they're not you know they tend to not be in Africa excepting maybe Morocco and Egypt and some of the you know uh, the countries to the very north so so tell me about that decision uh, to to move to Ghana and what your expectations were
3: okay so I traveled to Ghana once in 2017 i came uh, i came with him to just see his family because he was coming for a visit so i had an idea of how ghana looks like but in 2017 i didn't like it like i just didn't like the place i was thinking no as an iranian i have to move somewhere that is way better than Iran. so i feel successful so i feel i've done something so at the time i told him trust uh, like promise me we would never ever move to ghana and he was like, yes, I promise <laughs> He didn't give his promise. But um, later on, in when we were living in China the next year, 2018, it was just so difficult for him. It got to the point that he couldn't um, tolerate the situation again. It was just like constant people taking pictures of you or um, people he, laughing at him. He, like, he, just,
0: he, because he would really well, stand out in, in China, I'm guessing.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. exactly. And he didn't like that. And it was getting more and more, um, maybe he was realizing it more and more. So mm-hmm. he was telling me that I'm going to China. I want to go to Ghana and establish something of my own. So he was planning to come back and establish a company. That was his plan. So he wanted to come back and I didn't want to come at this time because I still remembered how Ghana was mm-hmm. and what I want and all that. So. I told him to go. If we are meant to be together, we'll be together. So I stayed in China another year, and then I felt like um, I cannot, I cannot do China again. Like I was seeing what he saw a year earlier, maybe. Hmm. And then I decided to go home and stay in Iran because, so, as so I, sure you I you were
0: seeing to. that in respect to others, or in or you were experiencing it yourself.
3: Me? No, 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 me. Um, so as i said i didn't feel like a me being brown is an issue before that but the more i learned the language or the more i heard people's comments um i would understand what they're talking about Mm. so like i would hear people tell me like oh if you were only a a shade lighter like that would be so amazing Like these comments were really affecting my mental health at the time. Yeah,
0: sure. So
3: it got to the point that I would go for job interviews and they were like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I I was teaching English, part-time English in China. They were like, oh, I'm sorry. We only can work with like lighter because, you know, we tell the parents you are from US. I'm like, why are you even telling that, you know? Mm. But anyways, and I would see like my fellow Iranians, would get the same jobs that I couldn't get them. So it wasn't even about where I came from. It was mainly about my skin color.
0: Wow. Well, you know, yes. I mean, like most of the world, there is a a status afforded to lighter skin. So that, But that's unbelievable. Do you think that this was, I mean, in, in terms of what you've learned about China, this is a big country and I don't want to, um, sort of paint it with one brush either but do you do you, do you yeah. think that this would have been different had you been in Shanghai or Beijing or somewhere else? do you think that this was a function of being in the in the middle of the country or do you think that that's a mm-hmm. that's an attitude you would have faced no matter where you are in China?
3: I mean I think it's a general thing to some point because if you look at all the Chinese movies or series, if you look at the female actresses, they always are super white. Mm. The makeup is super white. So it is a beauty standard. But maybe if I was living in Shanghai or Beijing or other cities, it wouldn't have been an issue I had to face on a daily basis. Right, day. it's more
0: diverse. Probably. yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. And so um, so then tell me what, what flipped the switch that you decided, you know what, I am going to try this Ghana thing.
3: So uh, when I was in Iran, I had more time to think about what I want from life. And at the time, I, of course, I really missed due to, so I decided to go for a two months trip to um, Ghana and just see him and see what he's up to and what we can do with our relationship. And I don't, know, I think like all the things that I went through in China and all the changes and moves, it just, it was the right time for me to come to Ghana. And then two months later, COVID started and then Ghana went under lockdown. And there was a decision of whether I want to leave the country or I want to stay. And I was like, no, I think I want to try Ghana. Wow. And I'm so happy I made the decision. <laughs>
0: uh, and how did your family react to the decision? Uh, I mean, you've talked about this Rochelle Fecht, this amazing liberal <laughs> family that you have. But how, uh, when it came to the you know you you informing them, look, I'm I'm going to stay in Ghana. How did they react?
3: um i wouldn't say they were like yes supportive like go anna we are there for you it wasn't like that but at the same time they weren't like imposing anything else on me they were they were telling me it's your decision if you feel you're more comfortable there you can stay but it's up to you so they weren't really making any comments and that was making it way easier for me just to decide for myself
0: and perhaps in contradistinction to to China or maybe not tell me a little bit about how um, Ghanaians react to you, uh, how the kind of reception you receive in Accra uh, as an Iranian woman
3: I think here I'm not seen as an Iranian woman it's mostly like I'm a white woman and I struggle with that a bit because uh like first of all uh, you know like i'm brown and i just want to be noticed as where i come from Mm. not a generalized idea of me being uh because they have a word called obroni obroni means white person Mm. but in some cases it means like a wicked person because of the history so i don't like to be called obroni because i feel like i don't know i just don't like it but Um, also there's a huge community of Lebanese here so a lot of times they just mistaken me for Lebanese Uh. and I feel comfortable with that because then I don't have to explain a lot of things to people Um, yeah I don't mind being Lebanese
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I guess that that is a bit of a shorthand I mean it really helps you know when you're in a more diverse place people have a, a more diverse understanding and in terms of um, again, to go back to the, you talked about the, the way Americans see Iranians and the way uh, Chinese folks see Iranians what is, your, what is your sense of the average Ghanaian, what they think about Iran or Iranians again, the same thing, oh that place where wars happen and there's a despotic government, that kind of thing
3: I think they have like maybe the majority have absolutely no idea how Iran looks um, they might think Iran and Iraq are one country, and um, they don't think, like. Okay, what I did when I went to Iran this time, I started vlogging of like everything that was happening or every places we were going to in yes. Iran. Yes. And Ghanaians, they were making comments like, "I had no idea there were buildings in your country." <laughs> yes. And I'm like, "What? So you're thinking you were living in tents or yeah. what?" Yeah, so like, uh, I, I love the like I love that. the
0: symmetry between the way uh, Iranians. I'm going to ask you about Iranians' attitudes and stuff in, in a moment, but the, the way the Iranians would probably see the Africans in their in their mind's eye mm-hmm. as some backward, you know, uh, people country, and the, and the Africans are thinking the same thing about the Iranians, right? Okay. I mean, it's <laughs> that's so
3: funny. <laughs> you and guys have houses. What? You how much of it is controlled by the media? Of how media wants to portray portray us? You know, like, we always think that Africans are about these stereotypes about Africans, and they have the same stereotypes about yes, us. Yes, yes. So, I, I think it was really educating to so many people because they were telling me that they had no idea Iranians were different from Arabs. They had no idea um, we were Persians. They had no idea this is our food. This is the way p- women are dressed in Iran. So a lot of things were um, new to them, I can say.
0: I want to get to the Iran trip, but j- just before that, when you start becoming this blogger and and, and now a YouTube uh, video documentary person, uh, tell me about the decision to start doing that. Uh, did you just start sort of putting up some personal videos and realize that you were getting reaction to them or was this something you really sat down and plotted and said, this is something I want to... To, to create uh, for the sake of under- global understanding,
3: I think I I had an I had a plan I had an idea that I wanted to make documentaries, but at the time I was thinking the best place I can put them is on YouTube because the mass will watch a majority of people can watch it and understand something about here. I was thinking that a lot of countries, not only um, Iranians, but other countries also have a misunderstanding or stereotype about Africa. And I would just be happy to just show how it is uh, in real life. Whatever they want to decide, whether it's what they think is still true, it's fine. Just see how normal people live their normal lives. And when I did the videos about Iran, I felt like, wow, like that could also be applied in Iran because so many people have no idea how normal ordinary Iranians are living
0: what were the conversations like with jude he seems like a such a cool easygoing guy based on the what i see in your social media and your videos but but you know this is exposing your lives your relationship to the world for you know for anybody anyone to see H- how did he feel about that when you first started doing that
3: um i think he's always on the cautious side he's always like make sure you don't upset anyone make sure like don't say anything controversial don't go back and forth with people like he's always on the safe side but he doesn't have any like he's also happy about me doing that he supports me in that
0: so you recently at one of your four weddings of course um went to (laughs) (laughs) went to iran it was also for noruz this is like literally you know recently a few weeks ago uh yeah so i'm and this was I think this was Jude's first time in, in Iran, right? Yes. And it was, so it was the first time your friends and family in Iran meeting him as well. Um, we've been, you've been chronicling this, and I really have enjoyed watching these videos. First of all, were you, were you nervous about that at all? Like what, what, what is the reaction going to be? Is, uh, I, are you going to feel hurt by the, what people might say or Jude might get upset or, 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 or were you quite confident that this was going to go well?
3: I was definitely scared and really anxious about how the because i knew of course for my mom and my sister they would be fine i knew that because they've met in china before and i i saw how uh, welcoming they were towards him but i was just really anxious about the kind of comments that i would hear in iran what if those comments are very similar to chinese comments Hmm. and i was thinking that i always felt like we iranians are like Way better than this. We are not like uh, Chinese. We don't make those comments. Mm. So that was always my worry: that what if it's true? What if we are like? What if it's a universal thing? You know? And um, at some level, I was right. Like I, there were comments. Yeah. Like. Um, so
0: so then, before you get to the comments, for, uh, first of all, I should underscore something you said earlier, which is that uh, the overwhelming comments that are on your actually on your youtube site are as you said people from around the world going this is about your trip to iran going wow it's i mean there's a comment i wrote a couple of them down hard to believe this is the country we see in western media wow i had no idea iran looks like this i mean just people who are freaked out that it looks like a normal functioning uh, you know (laughs) metropolitan city with the yeah yeah yeah. did it shock you or does it shock you as you as you put this series out uh, that this is so surprising to people that uh, Iran isn't some you know isn't just a desert with a mullah or something
3: I knew like I knew they don't know everything about Iran but I didn't know it's at this level I didn't know people thought we don't have our roads made or we don't have proper building. No, I didn't know that. And that kind of motivated me actually to produce more about Iran and show them the true side of it. You know, it has its negative sides, but it has its positive sides too. Right. You
0: know? And so I'll ask you about the social media reaction, but, for, but in terms of people... Uh, that you actually met in Iran when you're traveling around in Tehran or elsewhere with, with Jude. Um, what have you learned about Iranian attitudes, uh, both about a, a black man from Ghana, but, but also about your
3: mixed marriage? Um, it was difficult to really see that because I think recently there are not many tourists traveling to Iran. And i've noticed that the iranians that they want people to believe that um, what the media is saying is wrong so they make sure once they see a tourist they make sure that they do their best behavior or like they treat the person Mm -hmm. really nice Mm -hmm. so that was one side but i also felt like a lot of times not in tehran i didn't see that but as we traveled i could see like some people are like giggling, or um, I don't know, like make some comments, but it was not much actually. Okay. Maybe I made it worse in my mind, but it wasn't as bad as I thought.
0: What about on social media or, or <laughs> you know, in your DMs? Uh,
3: social media is the place I think where people feel the most confident mm-hmm. to say whatever goes through their mind. So um, I can say on my YouTube, I barely, barely, barely get any negative comments from Ghanaians. But I can say like on each video, at least I have to, because I delete, I don't leave, if it's insulting, I delete the comment. I have to delete like 50 messages, 50 comments, just like writing like, oh, you are selling your country by getting married to a black man. Have you thought of your kids? Like, I just think that they would never dare to say that in your face. Mm. But once it's social media and they're behind a fake account, they can just say whatever.
0: And you feel, feel like about. it's, it, Iranians take more exception to this than than Ghanaians. or I mean, Ghanaians, that, yeah.
3: And that is interesting because Ghanaians have been colonized. <laughs> you know, right. they have seen the hard times. Right. They of, deserve
0: to have a chip on Ghanaians. their shoulder as well.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, Iranians, I think, um, yeah, but so before, you know, some months ago, I did an interview with uh, BBC. Yes. And before that, honestly, I had no idea that people would think that way. Maybe I was just seeing like so much fitness in people mm. or the good mm. side of people. It's just that after, after that, I just realized like a lot of comments were not like what I imagined. Um, people asking me if I'm a, I'm a real Persian, that if I'm coming from a good family, because a real Persian family would never allow that. And I, I mean, you have to accept that we live in a society with you know, diverse ideas about mm-hmm. one subject, but it's just, I never saw it before that. And I think once you know that, it's difficult to not see it again.
0: What part of that hurts the most for you? What's the most difficult part of that?
3: when they say, what have you done to your blood? And I'm like, what blood? Like, you know, if all of us, we Iranians, we do a DNA test, how much of our DNA test will be 100% Persian? We have been mixed throughout the history. I mean, there is a reason why I'm brown, you know, like we've been mixed. And Why do we have to be so proud of something we are not even sure? Mm -hmm. Somebody was writing for me that he's the son of Cyrus the Great. And I think like I have made the name of Cyrus, I I don't know. And I was just thinking, wow, like he really thinks he's the son of Cyrus, (laughs) right? right. What made him the son of Cyrus? You know,
0: Well, if he's the son of Cyrus, he's first of all, he's got to be very old because um, So I guess he's a descendant, maybe not quite the son, but uh, 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 do you ever engage with these people or do you just delete? I mean, do you ever try and have a conversation and go, what are you talking about or defend Jude? Or uh, I'm not suggesting you should. I'm just curious what your M.O. is.
3: Um, I think when I know the person is polite and the person is only shocked to see something that he's not used to it, and he makes a polite comment, yeah, of course, I uh, also share my opinion of why I did that or what I think. But if I know that the person is just trying to say something negative or just, I don't know, but sometimes people bring out their own insecurities on others, th- that I wouldn't respond. Yeah, but it's a difficult thing? Once the social media, is really difficult because you have to also consider your mental health of yes. by responding to someone would you also be affected? Yeah. And, you're, your
0: and, and you risk doing, going down. I mean, you always want to respond, but, but then, you yeah. know, you, you know that the rabbit hole is waiting and you'll be three hours later and no sleep for a couple of nights because you've gotten <laughs> some a fight with an anonymous person saying stupid things on, on, you know, Instagram or, um, so how, how did Jude, feel about his trip to iran i mean beyond the platitudes i know we see in the video he says this is great and he loves the food and all of that but i mean what 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 was his sense of things
3: i think to be honest he's not faking it on the video he really enjoyed it i didn't expect that and every now and then i would ask him are you really fine are you okay like has anybody said anything have you experienced anything and he would be like no no but i think one is because he's really easy going like his personality is more easy going mm-hmm. and also because he's african i sometimes think that if he was african-american it would have been more difficult i think so because
0: for him or it, for with uh, for, for, for him, other iranians for but, him. For because him.
3: let's say it was no rules right so anywhere we were going uh we would see haji furious uh-huh. everywhere and then he would like laugh and he would take videos and he's not he offended
0: described. by haji Firuz. interesting
3: know. Yeah. and i was like wow like uh, you know and i asked him like are you sure you're okay i'm sorry he was like no 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 we do like i know that they do this just not to be because they don't want you to see who they are right mm. i'm like yeah how did you get that and he was like oh because in ghana we also like the people who execute for the king in the past they would also put a coil on their face to not so people don't know who they are it's fascinating so even you know it's not it's ghana
0: is in the middle you know it's not it's i mean literally on the map it's not the west right so it's it's not totally the west uh so i i guess he's that that's so interesting that there's gradations of of offense, I mean, I, I personally have issues with Haji Fears. I don't understand how we're still letting that happen. But, but I know people get very defensive about it, so I, I try yeah, not to. I try not to talk topic, about it more than once know? or twice a year because how dare you? Haji Fears is our guy. You know, <laughs> it's like well, it's kind of out of step. You know, in the 21st yeah. century. But, um, and do you think I've been sort of waiting to ask you this, but. You said earlier in this chat that you you might um, be interested or you might even expect that you would return to Iran. You're now married. Um, do you think that, that Jude would be interested in, in moving to Iran?
3: Okay, so that was the first question I asked him after we landed. Like the first, are you going to stay here? <laughs> Tell me. But um, he told me that if he ever finds something that he can do in Iran, he would definitely want him to try it. Huh. At least for some years, so that was nice. And I was asking him, like, are you sure? Because a trip is different from living somewhere for long term. And he was like, No, I think Iranians are cool people, so I'm I do not mind.
0: What a great relationship you guys have. Good for good for yeah. you. It's, it seems so beautiful on camera and and on, and your Instagram and everything. And I guess this is um, it's borne out by you telling these stories uh, about how how sweet it is. Um, before I let you go tell me a little bit about your your YouTube channel and your um, documentary ambitions first of all who who have you discovered is your audience who are the people who are really interested in in following this Persian girl in Africa
3: uh, I think Africans are the majority of my followers and then uh, people around the world I can't really precisely say how what's the percentage of Iranians watching because you have to use VPN so I have no Way of finding out, right. but um, I I would say Africans are the main uh, viewers of my channel.
0: And Anahita, where do you hope to take this um, the, these documentaries? What are you working on next, or what what ambitions do you have around this?
3: I am uh, really hoping that I can make more videos or more content about the reality of ordinary people's lives. I don't want to um, limit myself only to Africa. I don't mind doing it elsewhere, but I just like the idea that sometimes what we think or the idea that we have of a place is not true. And I, I like to make more content about that, about African culture for now, uh, Ghanaian culture to be precise. And uh, yeah, who knows, maybe another country in the future.
0: It's um it's a it's a great pleasure to get to talk to you. I've been following you and I and I really uh, enjoy and appreciate the, the the idea that you've come on our program and I hope we stay in touch and uh, I hope I get to meet Jude one day. Maybe I maybe I come and visit Ghana. It sounds like such an amazing place.
3: and yeah, well, maybe during rainy season <laughs> since you hate the
0: heat. Oh, well, I don't hate the heat, but I mean it's it, uh, you know my hair gets Persian frizz. I mean that's one of the problems. Yes. yes. <laughs>
3: But uh, no, it was it was really nice talking to you. I had a really pleasant conversation with
0: you. Thank you for doing Thanks this. For me. Keep safe, and we'll we'll talk again soon. Khodafes.
3: Okay,
0: Khodafes. Bye bye. Anahita Eskandari, the director of a new YouTube series called Ghana, My New Home, and other documentaries in which she shares her story and the tales of others from a perspective of a an Iranian living in Africa. Anahita joined us from Accra. Ghana today. All right. Microphones Mm -hmm. back on for Captain Reza, Groovy Shia, the fabulous Keon. That was such an interesting conversation for me. I really enjoyed speaking to her. What What an amazing perspective she is bringing. Um, having been in these different parts of the world, uh, uh, now I mean Ghana is interesting enough, but um, taking Jude back to uh, Iran <laughs> and then uh, the, the the whole China thing where yeah. they were in China and the That's overt crazy. racism she says that they faced in China yeah. that was interesting.
1: That is very interesting. I do have friends in in Japan that say this share the same testament about mm. Japan and they say, but Japan like the the Japanese are very known to, for being polite and they say like my friends tell me that they're like the the politest most racist people you've ever met is Mm -hmm. like yeah it's very prevalent and it's they, they don't shy away from it either like you can't come to a restaurant and eat because you're not japanese Well, there are places yeah. like i that.
0: mean let's let's and you know, let's not exonerate iranians no, here, no, because no, iranians no. tend oh, to boy. be you know oh, boy. maybe the Some you know can start strange. with my own family and yeah. yeah. uh, shameful exactly exactly yeah. but but it's it's funny you should say that about japan because you know one of my favorite pl- places in the world i, mm. I often say is uh, southeast asia places yeah. like vietnam and cambodia. cambodia i've been many times i love yeah. um and i i remember being it's interesting though they sometimes when i remember being in bangkok mm-hmm. going to a club like just like a dance club or something yeah. you know and the guy outside they sometimes think if you're sort of dark skin like, or mm-hmm. you know the way i look they think you're in i'm indian south mm-hmm. asian yeah 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 so they weren't going to let me in Oh they said well, you're you're yep. from India, yep. uh, which I normally wouldn't have any problems. Okay, sure. Well, you know what's mm-hmm. wrong with being from India? But but I was like, no, I'm actually from Canada. Mm-hmm. They that that changed mm-hmm. things a little bit, but they wouldn't believe me. They made me show them my passport, oh my gosh. Wow. which I happened to have. And as soon as they found out I was Canadian, it was like red carpet. Come on in. Wow. Oh yeah. and it was wow. so.
1: How long Grotesquely
0: ago this? overt. It was like, I don't know, five years ago or something. Oh, so Thailand. it's all the same. Yeah, I, Bangkok. I, I, it's a major metropolitan no, city yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Yeah,
1: think it's that. true. I lived in Thailand, uh, John, yeah. for, uh, for, for, <laughs> for your yeses. information. You've told me for, many
2: times. There's but. other people listening, just <laughs> yeah. so you know, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but first, uh, back in 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. and what Jian is saying, I, I actually made a little bit of money doing that. <laughs> I was looking for a job. So they. You g- were the are do- a I- gangster. I- so you were the door guy, right? I was the door you, guy. Yeah. So they. Hi- so what I would do? I would dye my hair because I was a refugee. I was trying to mm. escape mm-hmm. with a fake passport, right? Mm. So I had to hide my hair, anyways. Pluck my eyebrows, like put on like contacts. I looked like a, I'm not like Iran. I, my dark more dark skin, but I looked like weird. Like what European. color was your hair? I had it uh, a light brown, like really light brown, okay. but uh, like blonde. almost olive, like olive. Okay, no, ol-
0: so they thought you were Italian. The, whatever, or, yeah, yeah,
1: but the, but anyway, so I would skip, I would go to the club, like, and I would <laughs> pick up girls, whatever, and then I got busted once. Uh, the owner of the club, caught me and then they gave me a good beating said you're
2: not white <laughs> yeah
1: no he's and they well, basically gave you a they beating found out over yeah 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 because what? because yeah because uh, because it you if you're not no Is this they real? did because I'll tell you why because if you're brown Iranian Pakistani uh, if you're not white Mm. and you're gonna go to a club in Thailand you gotta pay an entry fee
2: that's crazy
1: but white people are free they don't have to pay but does it matter and some but, clubs but don't did, but, let but, you but, in
0: but I, st- I didn't when, when they found out I was Canadian it, isn't it the citizenship that matters somehow well here's the because thing because why I don't look like a Sydney Crosby right? if I, you would
1: have said if on your passport it would have said born in Iran they still wouldn't let oh, you in that's crazy they born and, looked at it born in it says London, London. Yeah. you were born in London L- so they're like oh. so what did you have to do as a door guy so what happened is They were like, oh, so you are Persian. I was like, yeah, Uh, kick me out. I went back there. I was like, listen, let me come to the club. I'll do whatever you want. Just let me in. I don't (laughs) have any money. The guy, he was very smart. He was like, you be the door guy, stand here three hours a night, peak hours. And after that, you go in for free and you get a free beer. So what happened was I would stand there two, three hours a night. And then I would just like signal to the to the guy every Persian guy that would walk in and was trying to like sneak in without paying. I'd be like, this guy's Persian. So you're a no, racist no, no, to your
2: no, 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 no. own kind. <laughs> I was I was seventeen.
1: What did I know? Wait, this but was just
2: to get into a club. <laughs> this All was that. Just work? to get into
1: a club, yeah. No, I was what? dedicated, man. For how long? Seventeen. I was like a couple of months. Jesus. I was seventeen, but uh, yeah, Imagine it's if a put real that thing. effort
2: into something productive.
1: <laughs> After that, I did, and that's why I'm a filmmaker now. But <laughs> it's what Gian is saying. Like, I can't believe that. Still like that. Like this was 16, 17 years ago. Well, what she was
0: just saying, but it's just weird that in in my experience was that in Bangkok you were doing that
1: that was in Pattaya oh pattaya cuz bangkok, bangkok
0: is is, a, is such a an international city it is, it's so it is. weird for that to have happened there it's a where thing. it's like wow there's a caste system here like you it, you you think i'm indian so you're not going to let me in you know and
1: i know like but here's the thing it and i think that comes from experience too i i'm sure it's not just like for them based on my experience like first hand contact they were saying that the ratio the average like the ratio of white people coming to the club not buying drinks and stealing like snacks and other things are way lesser. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that was that was the reason I was given uh, for uh, that right. particular yeah. case. Yeah. But, but
0: but that's nonsense probably as well. It's
1: uh, hey, you can come up with all sorts of excuses yeah. to if you want to be a racist, right? Everybody justifies things for yeah. their own yeah. sake. Yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's prevalent, it's real, it exists.
0: I yeah. mean, years ago, when I worked in a clothing store as a teenager on Queen Street, my boss, you know, would tell me, "Be careful of this type of person," you know, wow. and it was usually yeah. race-related. And I was yeah, like, uh, the you know, oh, yeah. um, so th- it's that that kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a, a, an excuse, a, a free pass to be racist. But that's crazy. But yeah, her, her the, what she was talking about with, with China was very very eye-opening I don't know I wonder as I said to her I don't know if that would be the case in in some of the really big cities but because she wasn't in the the biggest of them but but um that's it's quite a story by the way I've w- watched the her YouTube series and Jude her Ghanaian husband is an Arsenal fan Oh. So I already love the guy, right? <laughs> if I awesome. couldn't love him more from they're these videos, they're that
2: rare. He has to find <laughs> random fans in Ghana. no they're that, <laughs> uh,
0: good they're people who have good taste around the world, including her her man in Accra. Um, all right, well, thank you to uh Scan for um, for coming on the program and, and uh, go check her out if you guys uh, enjoyed that conversation. See her YouTube series. It's Monday. Let's get the letters.
2: You lost your voice don't do it you're gonna hurt yourself no,
1: you need to yell at people don't do that
2: lost my voice i can't thank do it. god can you always lose your voice <laughs> get into more fights over money no please. <laughs> what right. do we got Kian on oh. okay so last week we had captain Behnam on the show and of course he's that uh, actual real captain on a flight who saved hundreds of lives <laughs> you know I unlike reza, a reza. If anything reza ruins hundreds of lives <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we oh, have <laughs> shahla Ta- Ta- taher wrote i learned a lot not just about engines and flights but about humans and humanity. His talk takes you out of depressive thoughts. Thanks for your fantastic program.
0: Thank yeah, you. an inspiring guy. Yes. He was. Preaching really positivity.
2: Is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have Furuzan, Furuzan Khazroei wrote, Thank you, Jian. What a beautiful, inspiring interview. John, the universe created you for this job. Mm. You're the best for what you're doing. Now I really believe that everything happens for a reason. You're making history for the Iranian diaspora. Thanks, Azizam. Very That's, That's lovely. So sweet. Very true. Yeah. Sweetest Sounds like I ever. should marry Furuzan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Move uh, to Ghana. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I Ghana. but That was um, <laughs> <be>
0: cool. <laughs> that sounds great. Then there's <laughs> gonna Ghana be sounds cool. <laughs> Ghana. Uh,
2: Khob, uh, Dr. Amir Ruzati wrote, What a week on Rook. First, the interview with Captain Behnam, and then an epic interview, no hyperbole in uh, brackets, with Abbas Milani. The last 10 minutes of that interview were extraordinary, and I really identified with how Mr. Milani defined his Iranian identity.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. It's a, it's, if, you, if you didn't check it out uh, on the Contemporary History of Iran last Thursday, um, we had uh, Abbas Milani on Uh, rethinking the shah of iran and in the last few minutes of that interview i talked to dr milani about how he identifies as an iranian it's quite moving actually and thanks to that letter writer dr Ami Ruzati, he's um we have a new series called rook the experts that you can see on our website uh an interview with him he's a very prominent uh surgeon in toronto so go to uh um, or I guess is that what he calls himself.
2: I don't think uh, he's a surgeon. What do you call he's it? Is a plastic. A, um, he's a doctor for sure, he's but he does in uh, like injections. Face, yeah. Injections,
0: yeah. But there's a word for it that's not uh, surgeon. Injector.
2: No,
1: injector. He's an injector.
2: He's <laughs> an injector. <laughs> not an, an injector. <laughs> 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 I, I, to, know. I remember
0: it was he. No, <laughs> I don't yeah, because I said that. surgeon when we did the interview, and too, and he yeah. said, hey, you know, there's a better way to say that. Yeah, yeah. Professional. Yeah, uh, Cosm- Cosmetic Co- Cosmetic doctor Cosmetic doctor Yeah that Cos- makes the most right sense
2: there. there we go
0: Or uh, also an you injector You did an interview he's with an him, him How do you not know <laughs> No no, no <laughs> I, I yeah, He's got an amazing story actually You check yeah. out his story But uh, no yeah I, I forget what the moniker is Alright anyway okay. Back to the letters
2: <laughs> Well on that note It's time for letter of the week Oh, oh. Okay, so on the same episode about Captain Behnom, at the beginning of the show, we were discussing Persian real estate agents and how they're always number one. Like every yeah, yeah, single yeah. one is yeah. number yeah. one. How
0: is every oh. real estate agent oh, that's so good. The, the number one in Canada? Yeah. Best
2: in the town. <laughs> <laughs> this week's letter of the week goes to Sammy Bayot. She wrote, LMFAO, standing for laughing my fucking ass off. Uh, Gian, you nailed the whole number one realtor story. <laughs> Last month was some award month or so, and my Instagram newsfeed was full of pictures of my <laughs> number one acquaintances. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. I think everyone gets a number one award just for participation, like when we were in grade one. <laughs> Anyhow, it was really funny you mentioned it. Also, loved your guest. One of his one-liners really stuck with me. The quality of our lives depends on the quality of decisions we make on a daily basis. Mm. Yeah, That's right. it's a beautiful quote by Captain Behnam.
0: Nicely done. Oh you you became a real estate agent, Farzad? I am number 1. <laughs> <laughs> but you just got your license. I am still number, number 1. <laughs> number 1 in Canada. <laughs> what? <laughs> How is that? But I <laughs>
2: <laughs> I am the country good.
0: number 1. Number uh, 1 uh, in class real gotta estate love them. agent. <laughs> number 1 real estate. Estate.
1: <laughs> uh, real estate. <laughs>
0: Uh, but I thought uh, Farzad Farzad also said that she was number one. I know. She's lying. She is number (laughs) two. I am number one. I am number one in in Canada and the rest of the world.
1: No, this is how Persians say it. They're like she is number one (laughs) but there's always a but i'm also
2: engineer (laughs) (laughs) and also something on the side Uh, she
0: says she is number one it's okay but if you
1: want to lose your house (laughs) go be
0: there
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm number one differently
0: Who are these people? I have no idea. <laughs> they am sick and of them. <laughs> they, they, do, they do exist. <laughs> the They're all short. number one. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you to the, you guys listening out there. Uh, and this is full time for Rook for Today. Our website, rookmedia.com. If you haven't gone there, just go there and check it out because everything is there. All the issues, uh, all the episodes of. Uh, contemporary history of iran all the back issues of our different rook programs including rook itself our guests our funnies our videos it's all there rookmedia.com thanks to the amazing team who put this show together savvy rohan talented anahita Ponta the artist the fabulous Keon, super parry saw smart pega araya Mehrdad, captain reza and groovy shaya thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content please subscribe on any of our platforms wherever you're listening right now subscribe give us good review takes you only a moment and it means a lot to us in the meantime find me on instagram at Gian Gomeshi, and as ever Mizunmashi.